intro hello everybody welcome to the uk packers i'm steady the nfl yeah even i'm fumbling over myself it's a new one for me as well so we got rid of um aaron Rodgers again and uh we got rid of brett Favre again and um yeah we added in vince lombardi in there instead which is nice timeless timeless yeah i don't think lombardi's gonna come back and start uh <laughs> bursting into the wacky tobacco and send people's you know, goat up the wrong way. Get your goat. Do you get send a goat up the wrong way or do you get do you get the goat? Anyway, look, the Lambo trip is selling out. There's only a couple of places left. I'm gonna be saying this for a couple of weeks probably. Um and look, it's really cheap. Really cheap uh this year. And again, look, you'll always get people who want stuff for free, but when you look at it, we're going over to see the Vikings, which were a playoff team last year. Um bus transfers, we're going to see the Ohio State book guys take on the Wisconsin Majors as well which is a massive game it's the biggest game on their schedule and of course you'll have the people that ask is that price f- for two people or for one um add it up yourself add up the price of flights uh that game alone the ohio state buckeyes is like 400 pounds i think uh by normal vendors and then the packers ticket and then the champions tour and the bus transfers and the flights and all that jazz i don't know how ben ben did it to be honest um it's a fantastic price and you know, we expected it to do really well, which it has done. So there's limited places left. Jump on it. And as well as that, if you're going on the trip and you're getting very excited, as am I, um, for the start of the Jordan Love era and all that kind of jazz, get in on the patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. It's a fiver. So you get into that draw and you could win the trip and all expenses paid. And how does it work? So if you've already signed up, up, up to the trip, well, then what you do is, is you'll have paid a deposit or whatever. The draw will be done uh, very early August and you'll get all of your money back. So anything that you have paid will just come back to you. So if you're expecting to pay for it anyway, then it makes absolute sense to throw your name in the hat for a fiver on patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. So again, there's a couple of tiers. Uh, there's a fiver tier, which is the Lambo tier, and there's a tenor tier, which you get signed up then to the monthly draws. And the prizes are out of this world. And I've got another merch drop happening as well. But look, it's a really special moment because um, sort of trip aside, really, if you look at it, and I know this is kind of ridiculous, right? But if, you know, it's it's mad. I was just watching a program. It was um, Long Way Around, Long Way Down. Ewan McGregor, Charlie Borman going around the world on motorbikes. And they come up, and if this will sound ridiculous for a second, right? So bear with me. And they go up to the Pyramids of Giza. Now, what am I talking about these lads for? Um, and they're looking at it, and he's like, look, you know, this is like a, an old childhood friend. You've read about it in history books and all that. And then you see it. Now, apparently people are disappointed when they see the Pyramid of Giza because it's just plastic bags blown down the hill and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think Packers fans, and certainly it was for me, and you might go, Steve, blasphemy. How can you say the Pyramid of Giza are like Lambeau Field? It's not what I'm saying. But it's one of those things where you spend your life kind of looking at it and almost fantasizing about it and getting that. There's, an, there's a feeling around Packers games, I find, particularly the ones in winter. And if you've been a fan for a long time or even a short time, but particularly if you're a fan for a while and you get that sort of awe-inspired feeling about Lambeau Field, it's a bowl. You know, it's a bowl stadium. There's no pillars. It's old school. Um, And then you see it up close in person. It comes with an emotion and it's very hard to describe. And that's what the group trip does, I think. 
and I'll never forget being blown away by it. And again, you, look, if you can't get over the Pyramids of Giza thing, it's fine, right? But there's certain things that you look at, and particularly if you're not a big history buff and you're a big sports fan, to go to a stadium like it, because it is steeped with history, and that's something... I put up a photo, actually, of Lambeau Field being built in 1957, and it's reached something like 400,000 accounts on Facebook because people just can't believe, you know, from Lambeau Field, from what it is now as to what it was back then and it is it's just it there's an emotion to it and then when you go into the stadium um it's nuts like i'll never forget going in and experience game time and then after the game we do the stadium tour the next day and you go around it and you see like popcorn and drink and beer and stuff everywhere like litter just everywhere and they get volunteers in to clean it up but it's shocking it's like it's like if someone went into a church or a sacred ground and just start throwing stuff all over the place and that's the majesty that it holds, particularly for people on this side of the pond, because an awful lot of people don't think they'd ever get the chance to see it. And if anyone's tried to go on a tour themselves, just how difficult and annoying it is to get there, you know, because there's no direct flights into Green Bay. You have to fly into Chicago and get a connecting flight, which is really expensive. And if you don't do that, then you need to get a bus transfer. But unless you do a group tour, it's pretty tricky to get there. You need to get on a train or I think there are buses, but it's not the same and American listeners will just be like, yeah, obvious. Uh, but, you know, and that's why people rent cars. But it's not like Ireland and the UK and Europe where there's a bus service or a train service to everything, you know. And it doesn't really operate that way in the States. So you have to rent a car and it's kind of obscure enough to get to. Um, and certainly now I feel that the Packers are going to go a little bit more into obscurity because Aaron Rodgers was bringing this sort of drama. Um, and, you know, he was the GOAT and he was the best player ever and all that kind of stuff. And all eyes were on him and he was going out with, you know, movie stars and witches. <laughs> and it was sort of garnering attention there. Um, you know, and that that's and it's as well as that, I think, is that Packers fandom has segments, I find. So people who were there from the 80s and they go, oh, you don't know what it's like. It's so difficult. And then people who were in from the Favre era and they were like, oh, it's the glory days. You, you don't know what it was like to experience Favre and he's gunslinger days and then you've got the Aaron Rodgers segment who started then and they haven't known anything else but that sort of you know mostly unheralded greatness um, and then you fast forward now we're in the love era and I don't know what that means right now but no one did with Favre and no one did with Lynn Dickey and no one did with Majikowski and no one did with Bart Starr and you know you can go all the way back through history you really didn't know what you were getting when the sort of guard was changed there's famous stories of Curly Lambeau changing the guard um, and some really stellar quarterbacks back in the day just, you know, hanging their boots up because they didn't want to get that tap on the shoulder to say the time was up. So they sort of like quit at the top. Um, and that's really what it's like. And back then, you know, I'm really going down memory lane here. I'm just saying there's, you know, there's a really good opportunity now to come in at the ground floor for people. And depending on where you're at, if Rogers was all you knew, now you have that sort of, it's, it's, all, it's almost bragging rights to say, well, I was here in the Rogers era and there's, you know, and you can compare and contrast. And I just think that's really interesting. And with the group trip, it's a way to go over and see what this love era is heralding in. And if it's anything similar to good play, playoffs, maybe a Super Bowl or whatever, and let's keep the expectations kind of tempered. It's just fascinating to me that you have that, I got in there after the Rogers era when love was whatever and, you know, and see, and if it all pans out, oh my God. Talk about being in there, we're at a front row seat. And then if it doesn't, there's certain things that come along with that. Like when I get in the signed March, I'd even got in Jordan Love stuff. 
And there's a Jordan Love mini helmet actually coming up on the rails, by the way. Beautiful piece. Even the way he signs his name with a little love heart, it's kind of unique. Um, and it's a black one. Beautiful. Um, when you look at that, I, I was getting the pieces knowing that anything can happen. The way they were renewing Roger's contract and he was ripping off MVP seasons, I was kind of thinking, this is even a good name to have as kind of, it's a point in time, you know, like, I'm really bringing in the historical greats here, but it's like Watergate. Or it's like, you know, one of those moments that could be good, could be bad. Not Watergate, of course. But it's one of those moments that it was a turning point. And just the love saga and the story of him being drafted and Rogers being ticked off and then going on to MVPs and then going to the Pat McAfee show, then going into the jungle and taking Ayahuasca and then locking himself away in the darkness retreat. It's just this big, long story that you'd barely believe. But speaking of, um, Aaron Rodgers was trending on Twitter. Do we care? I put out a tweet sort of saying, look, it's not our problem anymore. And I think it stands to be said, right? It's perfectly fine and normal to be happy that the drama is over and that the clickbait is over and the silliness is over. But you can appreciate the legacy and everything that he brought to Green Bay. Um, The question is, like, would you trade the noise and that enigmatic farce or fart for the play all over again? And I think we need distance, don't we? You need to go down the line and look back and go, yeah, he's really... Like, well, I saw him, what, seven times now in Lambeau Field? But I don't think it's either go to bat for it and say it's all worth it or slate the guy. There is a middle ground. Look, we can like cats and dogs is what I'm saying, right? So people are always asking other people, are you a dog or are you a cat person? Well, mate, look, I like both of those furry creatures, right? So I appreciate Rogers and the Majesty... Um, and but I don't appreciate the drama and I'm happy it's over now did I personally go out and trade the drama for mediocrity no but it was going to happen anyway and it's just you know Rogers was going to retire and all that kind of jazz but I was lucky enough to go to Lambo about what six seven eight times I should really count that and go through it but you know apart from when we got blown out uh, with the Dallas game and then we were in the bar after and everybody said he was washed at that point and needed to be um traded but apart from that everything else was pure magic but in the words of mary j blige in 2001 no more drama all right no more drama so look the negativity's gone and we've loads of wholesome sound bites and so much positivity and everybody getting behind jordan love and jair sort of you know all of these jokes in the media and We've Romeo Dubs being misquoted to say that anything Rogers can do, Love can do better or the same, uh, which is great. So fair play. But that's what the media are going to do. They're going to run away with it. Uh, so there's not, I don't see one single dramatic uh, sound bite, really. Apart from Jordan Love wishing the Bears a happy Father's Day. Uh, and here it is. Happy Father's Day to uh, all the Bears fans out there. Go Pat Go. It's a pretty light stuff, isn't it? Pretty weak. Um, so apparently that came about because he was doing a quarterback camp in France and a Bears fan came up and asked him to say it. And then the media rolled with it. And then he had to come out and say, Jesus, you really rolled with this one, lads, didn't you? Um, so all I can say is is that I appreciate the Bears fan for knowing the where the paternity lies when it comes to Bears fans and the Packers. And it's probably a soundbite that's going to be played on Bears podcast if you end up tanking, right? But... It's going to be good fun. Um, so look, Jordan, this is how it is, man. Uh, this is how it is. You can't open your mouth. You can't have a laugh. You can't be authentic because people will just run with it. I just love it, though, because this is this is the way the media works, right? It's media kind of 101. They ask him something. And this was a Bears fan in this case, but he says something kind of taking 
the piss. And then they roll with it and blow it up into something way bigger. Now, it is that off-season effect as well. And it's also the Packers-Bears rivalry. They sensationalize it then for clickbait. Uh, so that one there is off a big... That soundboy was off a big journal. Uh, Bill Mill, big a big uh, journal sentinel in Green Bay, just one of those ones. Um, and you know, then they start moaning about how they never say anything. You know, like we ask them a question, but it's always just these canned answers. This is why. This is exactly why. Is because the minute he says that, and you go and rail him, and then the, by the time they have the freedom of, from experience and longevity, like Rogers and Clay Matthews and Bakhtiari and all those guys, once they have the freedom to say how they truly feel, they've taken a couple of trips into the jungle and start hoofing down. Uh, plants but here we go look let's get off that anyway let's get on to the sound bites and Matt LaFleur uh, let Bill Huber have it I mean he properly railed into him and uh, this is the off season badass Matt LaFleur apparently uh, but Bill kind of set him up for this and here's another sound bite for you uh, but <laughs> it doesn't hold any prisoners uh, check this out obviously Clifford had the two minute touchdown drive you've seen him a lot more than we have um, what do you think he got there he's not the most talented ever but he seems to Bill, Billy boy, no, you can't say he's, he's crap though, right, Matt? Matt, I know he's not great, but go on, tell us how you really feel. Uh, the two-minute touchdown drive, you've seen him a lot more than we have. Um, what do you think he got there? He's not the most talented ever, but he seems to. The floor face changed. Yeah, that's a great uh, scouting report there, Bill. Wow, well, I didn't you know, I didn't know you were a scout now. Was he a seventh-round pick? Wasn't he a fifth-round pick? You know what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, you apparently you know better than I do. So, um, no, he's done some nice things. It's just he's a young quarterback. And Ooh. Matt, I would say if I'm gonna end the off season, right? So you're you're not listening for some in depth analysis. Or, you know, you're listening for a bit of crack, right? But Matt, if he, Matt was in a, a lad group standing around and was trying to give that sort of snippy answer, you stumbled over, Matt. You get eaten alive. Eaten alive. You need to come with it. You know, quick. We need to get Matt over uh, and kiss the Blarney Stone. Speaking of, um, I've been trying for forever to get an Irish person in green and gold. Forever. Uh, every time, and this is the real elephant in the room, for years. Every time I had someone on uh, the podcast, whether it was Mark Murphy and Larry McCarron, to Kenny Clark and Gilbert Brown, the gravedigger, I tried to ask him to offer up some sort of insight into their Irishness, right? I even changed the greatest tight end in Packers history, Justin Perillo. I changed his name to Justin O. Perillo. And then finally, God sends us, whoever, Jesus, sends us the punter Dan Whelan from Wicklow, which is literally just down the road from where I'm from. So where I grew up in Wicklow, he's down in Enniskerry. Um, so here's Dan Whelan, finally a full-blooded Irishman, chatty. If you've never heard him before, this will be interesting for you. Chatting about what it's like to come to Green Bay and to seize this opportunity. My junior year or end of my sophomore year, I was like, okay, I actually, I'm actually good at this. I can pursue this as a career. So I started to get more honed in on my skills and what was required to be at the next level. So, I mean, I just had a, I would say, a pretty good season in the XFL, which I kind of got my start basically pro, pro level, good experience. But I would say coming to Green Bay, I've kind of, instead of looking so far in the future, I look ahead for the next day. Like, what am I going to do tomorrow to be 1% better than yesterday? And I think if I do that all the way through camp, I'll have a good opportunity to play. I don't know, folks. 
I don't know, he doesn't sound Irish enough to me. I mean, he's just down the road from me, bear in mind, right? And I'm a bit of to hot to hot to tay. I don't know, I think we need to I think we need to break up in the search again for a Paddy Packer. I don't, we can't have an we can't have an Irishman who says the word opportunity. I think he needs to it has to be opportunity. There has to be some tune in there. And not a single Jesus was uttered in the entire set. He had so much opportunity to say the word Jesus, not once. He never mentioned spuds and he never broke out into spontaneous rebel song either. So I just think there needs to be a birth cert check here on this Daniel Whelan fella. We need to get Dan Whelan's mammy on the blower and have a serious check and she needs to provide photo evidence because I didn't see any of the hallmarks um, of an Irish person. He didn't get drunk. It, it, it was a 39 second soundbite and he wasn't drunk once. So I don't know. But look, there's loads of... Um, you know, well, what loads is way overplaying it here, but there, there was um, I see Rogers is still trending on Twitter. That's tragic. Um, oh well. So there was loads of sort of insight into you know the interviews and stuff that was said, and an awful lot of it's a load of tosh, right? So we see Jordan Love coming out, and it was Jason Wildey, um, who turned around and said that Jordan Love had his first kind of audible wow. Uh, thing not well, he's made some great throws but it was the first audible wow that came out from Jason Wildey at one of his throws which is brilliant right so we can say oh he's doing great things it's a better indicator that stuff will go right than if people said oh, what are we what did we just do so that's good but does it tell us that it's going to translate to the season absolutely not and um, we've seen that with quarterbacks in the past and we've had some really obscure ones and some experienced ones in Green Bay who've hit the ground running We've even seen quarterbacks come in and play really well, like Matt Flynn, who holds that record for touchdowns in a game or in a quarter or in a half against the Detroit Lions. And, you know, even Matt Flynn says himself, uh, and it's weird because there's a Packers fan called Matt Flynn in the group too, which is strange. Um, so he even says himself, that got him paid absolutely million. So it's not indicative of what he's going to be like, but it's far better than anything else. But there's a nice little soundbite of where Matt LaFleur starts talking about Romeo Dubs. And just talking about how explosive he is, and he's very complimentary about him. And I think this actually is worth a listen. What he's trying that next step. Now he's got to go go out and do it in games. But I think we, what we've seen from him in practice, just how deliberate he is with what he's trying to work on. He's doing a great job of really getting his feet in the ground, running violent routes, violent cuts, being aggressive with his hands. Um, so. I think he's he's shown a lot of progress and just the rapport that those two guys have have shown throughout how many that was eight practices now um, has been pretty solid. And that is interesting, right? And we can overham it and let's not. Um, and we can look at and the report like there's all this stuff about oh, the rapport they're building up. Let's all right. Rapport takes a very long time. Uh, but that said, we have seen that in the past where rookie or he's not a rookie now but you know they get this rapport with certain players and it's I hate using this word refreshing I actually said that out loud to somebody before uh, I was working in a bar in Dublin going through college and this guy was playing uh, how did I get here right but bear with me and he came up and he just his whole voice a very R&B urban sort of style it was cool um, and he came up to the bar and I told him to his eyeballs that uh, it was very refreshing very refreshing the way he played Dare I say it again, it's refreshing uh, to see that because Rogers again, used to go, I heard someone refer to it during the week as buddy ball, where he'd only hit it to the receivers that he wanted. We saw that happen so many times with Devontae Adams, which is absolutely warranted um, with Aaron Rodgers. So when you see the other guy go for someone different, it's amazing. But what we've seen with Jordan Love is he kind of keys in on 
these big bodied guys that it, had Aaron Rodgers done it, um, you know, we would have went, oh my God, a brand new weapon. Uh, so that's really nice to see. So it's good to see that. And look, what we've heard about Romeo Dubs anyway is that he's really, really good at just being open. So you tend to throw to the open guy. And again, he did have some success with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and not to over-egg it or over-hype it, but this next soundbite, I think, gets me a little bit uh, tingly. Back to the person. And I think um, last year, I know I talked about just his process and uh, his routine that he has. And he is... There's sometimes we almost got to pull him back because he's so invested into it and put so much time into it that I think, you know, sometimes you can almost wear yourself out. So I think that's one thing with him. You, you never have to worry about whether or not he's working. And I know from when we get out of here and the time that he spends away from here, he will be very deliberate with what he does. So I expect him to be able to pick up right where he left off and he's he's made some like I said he's he's done some unbelievable things throughout the course of this OTAs just whether it's with the route running the catches um and just continue to build on that rapport that he has with Jordan so I think that's really important when I look at a player like that mostly in life generally what happens is is that it's the people that it's the connections, right? It's who you know. But apart from that, um, it's the work ethic. So you can have someone who works really, really hard. They can work hard at the wrong stuff. But when you're in a niche job like this, um, what Romeo Dubs is doing, look, just look on the other side of the ball with Rashan Gary. He's relentless. Relentless. And how much success that he's had in Green Bay. Came in pretty raw. Um, you know, we had defensive coaches apparently doing naked back flips um, in the corridor that they got him because... His upside was so out of this world. And we've seen him steadily grow. And I sort of take the piss out of him a lot. Not really out of him, but, you know, this whole Bane Gary thing where he's the hardest working guy on Twitter because he's always putting up these workout videos. But behind all of that, what people don't see is just how hard that guy works. And when we hear about that with Romeo Dobbs, it's such a good thing to hear is that he's deliberate in what he does, which means that he's not just working his ass off for no reason. It's very, very deliberate. He's working at everything that he should work at. And it makes me really excited about the season because he worked his way uh, because Peter said it. I mean, this guy's going to be sneaky good. And he got in last year and worked his ass off and impressed Rodgers to the point where Rodgers was thrown at him before he got injured and all that. So now I feel like with the wide receivers, there's really something to play for now because you don't have that barrier. Uh, if you get open, you might get the ball. You know, it's not going to be a case where you're not really in on the play. Or he's going to go to the guys that he trusts and you've got to try break through that barrier. And that's something that we've sort of seen in the locker room. Now, again, I'm not saying this is going to translate into good play. We simply don't know. Um, but anecdotally, if you look at it, it helps. Surely it helps that everybody feels like they have an opportunity now. It's like when a new coach comes in and football or any sport, you know, the people that were kind of I don't know, not blackball, but we're sort of seeing in a certain light that they have that chance now to show what they really have or get that second wind. And I just feel like with, and they've said it, I mean, that's, you know, there was five things that Wes Hodkowitz picked out about what was part of the off-season program and what he took from it. And one of those things is that every position is open. And I truly believe it now because the team is so young and there isn't that obvious leader in some of these position groups. Um, And... I just really like that Romeo Dubs is still standing out. Now, again, injuries aside, but we've seen it that Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson apparently have stood out in camp to the defensive players when they're asked. Jair Alexander says it. And another thing that I really like 
seeing is just the support that Jordan Love is getting and the different dynamic there. Um, now, the stuff that Rodgers would have had uh, that he would have earned or deemed to have earned in the locker room where he has his own click, and that, of course that's going to happen again, uh, but it just seems a lot more open this time. And it's just a very strange dynamic the way the locker room was because one thing that really stands out to me with the Gudekunst era and it kind of stood out with the Ron Wolf era as well where he came into the locker room, Ron Wolf did, and said to people out straight, an awful lot of you lads are not even going to be here next year um, because he wanted to clear out the culture in the locker room and bring in that winning culture and bring in his guys. Gudekunst is very obviously the same way. And we saw when he came in that he would gut the dressing room and make some decisions that you'd go, ooh, I think he'd do that. Um, and it's all in the interest of trying to get that dynamic where everybody's in for the team. Now, look, the front office come under criticism from the older players because an awful lot of them feel that they've been shafted on the way out, which isn't right. But again, I don't know the ins and outs of it. But it's seemingly what he's trying to do is, is get that positive attitude in the locker room. And for those MVP seasons, uh, it seemed like the team really banded together and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it saw a notable change. I don't care what anybody says, but when Rodgers was out in the media saying like, oh, some of these lads don't deserve a spot. I found that, I feel definitely something happened in the locker room there and that players started to look at Rodgers slightly differently because after the narrative after that was very different and I felt that Rodgers was, and I might do a podcast on it, you know, whenever there's an appetite, years down the line, but I'd love to get the sound bites before and after that and sort of show you exactly what I mean. But for now, my opinion is, is that stuff really changed there and I felt that, they looked on him to say, Re- really? You know, and that even that thing of like, oh, well, Tom Clemens told me that I actually had the best game all season that game when it was an absolutely terrible uh, run of form. And then they kind of pulled it back a little bit. So it's nice to see the positivity. And I think the best thing that sums up that for me is this next soundbite where Jordan Love was talking to camera um, and Jair Alexander comes up behind him. But, you know, all sort of joking and having a lark aside what i really like about this piece is is that uh, jordan love is humble for one and he starts talking about how jair alexander baited him into making this interception um and he also says that he's going against his best and it's good practice for him um and that when he threw this interception he went up and spoke to jair after to ask jair what he saw now i can't imagine a veteran quarterback and leaving Aaron Rodgers out of it right because the guy's seen it all done it all but I don't know how many veteran quarterbacks would do that would go up to a defensive player and go right okay you got me but how did you get me and to really try make him better and when you look at the expectations and we can get into this about you know what did what's the ceiling for the Packers or what's the expectation for the Packers Um, I just feel like we can get into all of that, but when we look at the defense, the defense surely have to perform um, with so many first-round picks. And the talent is there, and it seemed to be there, and the problems last year were not seen to be Joe Barry because he's still there. And I think that the Packers would have probably said, no, fresh start, get him out of here, let's get someone else in. Um, so he's going up against some really, really tough opposition with our defense and it'll be even more pronounced when they get the pads on and stuff is a bit more aggressive and a bit more squirrely um, but let me just play this drop anyway um, because I think it's a really nice one that sums up kind of where the atmosphere is at now in the locker room yeah man he deserved it man he's been working hard I've been watching the practices you know he's been him and Christian has been standing out so you know he's been working hard man he deserved that one you know 
But, you know, when camp come around, you know, we're going to see about that. It's been great, obviously, having job back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going against, you know, you get him and Sulbeck, those are two league's top corners right there. So um, it's great for the receivers. It's great for me. It's great for everybody. Just, you know, seeing the competition, you're going against the best of the best right there. So um, just having that great competition, you know, it's going to make everybody better. Uh, and you get, you know, you challenge a little bit more, but uh, it, it, like I said, it just makes everybody better. Did he let you hear it today after that pick? Yeah, he always does. You know, he <laughs> he made a really good play. He baited me into it, um, and you know, like I said, made a really good play. But uh, we would have tackled him down and got the ball back. You learn more from the throw or from him chirping in your response to that? No, you learn from the throw and the decision, um, and then you know, we talk about it after. Um, kind of just got his thoughts on it, what he was seeing. Um, and you know that that kind of being able to talk to him after and get feedback, it, it's gonna make me better as well. QB one, man. Come on, man. Let's keep me in the lead right now. <laughs> so, money. Now tell him stop trying me, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> really nice, and it's lovely to have that. And what does it mean as a fan? I don't know. It adds to the enjoyment of the game. I find. Now again, I might be miserable during the season if we start uh, playing absolute pants, but I just think. You know, it's calculated enough. They got this kid. They're hiring him enough to let the Hall of Famer walk out the door. And he's been given the best opportunity. And it's time for everybody to stand up. And we'll see when more stuff comes out in training camp. We'll take preseason with a pinch of salt. And then we have the temporary expectations for the first season. There's people that won't. But I think an awful lot of the people, all of you guys listening, I think you can all, I think we're all sort of rational enough to go, okay, let's just see what we have. And they always say a change is as good as a rest. Is that the way it is for sports? I don't know. I know the heartbreak on this side of the pond for Man United fans to have such dominance for so long and then to go and suffer such a bad period and then to see kind of it make that resurgence, I guess. Um, And just the rivalries are so entrenched and we were coming up on so many milestones. You know, we were the most winningest team now in the NFL. We took that over from the Bears. Um, But I think just this satisfaction, you know, because there was an element too, wasn't there, where Rodgers would go out and you go, well, he has to win. And if he doesn't win by a massive margin, we don't have the top scoring offense. It's a failure. And just by the sheer fact that we didn't win more than one Super Bowl, but Rodgers is seen as a massive failure by an awful lot of people. They say, oh, yeah, well, one Super Bowl, though, is if that's easy. So that's where the expectation was at. It's still very high in Green Bay, but at least nothing's going to go out as kind of a given. And I'm looking forward, be it good or bad really, is to sit back here in the podcast studio, sharing my thoughts with you guys, getting your feedback on all of the socials as well. Um, because that's what I think it's all about for me, certainly, is just to experience it together. And not to sound too soppy because I'm Irish and I have no emotions. But it's just that to experience it together, I think is gonna be is gonna be nice. We're going through this big transition of a football team, and at the same time it's a football game. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the the be all and end all, it's just a bit of escapism which is really nice. But look, if you want to experience love in person, come with us on the trip. There's still places uh, you can go to ukpackers.co.uk forward slash tours or just go to ukpackers.co.uk and navigate yourself there. There's a tab for it. And if you fancy on winning it for free or if you're already signed up, if you fancy getting all your money back and going for free, all expenses paid, when they go to patreon.com forward slash ukpackers because that's just literally that's what it's all about is that we made the decision on the 10-year anniversary of UK Packers to give away an all-expenses-paid trip to Lambeau Field. It's not sponsored. We're not getting it for free. It's costing us two grand. Um, but it's just something that we wanted to sort of up the stakes 
stand out and be the best fan base and fan group um, in the world, really. Because who else is doing it? But anyway, at NFL at UK Packers. And if you want to see any more of the stuff on YouTube, there's some nice crime series on there as well. But the off-season chugs along. We'll be back hopefully next week uh, with another episode full of little tidbits. But until then, go Pack Go.